Looks pretty good, doesn't it? Kat, uh, yeah, give, give her a hand. She had a team that, that put this together. Uh, her, Crystal Hill worked on this for a little bit, and Wade Sissel worked on this as well. I think it looks pretty tight. I mean, this is pretty nice, amen? Uh, we tried to put up some of our older white, I didn't even know this was a word, flocked. I thought that was what, like, ducks did together, but, um, or geese, um, but yeah, it just didn't look right, and so we went out and kind of got some new Christmas trees, and, and I think it looks pretty amazing. So thank you, thank you, Kat, for your hard work in that. You know, I love that, that Advent starts with hope, and here's why. Because if you don't have hope, you'll never make it to peace, joy, love, or Christ. You'll never lift your head up long enough out of wherever you're at in your situation to see the next step. And I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life when I've lost hope, and there's nothing worse than losing hope. And I appreciate that throughout the world today, in thousands of churches, pastors are preaching about hope. It's not just a a first world hope. It's not a second world hope. It's not even a third world hope. It's a hope that stands for every nation in every generation. Uh, Kelly and I support a couple children through uh, Mission of Mercy, and we've done that for, I can't even tell you how long. Uh, we've seen them grow, and we've, we've gotten new children over the last 20 plus years or so. And these children are in dire situations in, in, in the, the third world countries. I mean, they have nothing, right, compared to what we have. And this week... Um, They always send out these Christmas cards. And we got ours this week. And it said, uh, we're praying that you have hope. And I'm thinking, of all the people. I mean, we're talking about, they're in India. One's in India. Where's the other one, Kel? Philippines. Philippines. They're sending me a card. Praying that I have hope in a country that has everything. I mean, is there anything that we don't have here? And they're like, we're wishing you hope this Christmas season. And I'm thinking, what? But that's how big hope is. That's how important hope is. Not in third world countries, not in second world countries, but in first world countries as well. People have lost their hope. So my greatest desire today is to, is to speak about hope. Because without hope, you can't stay in there long enough to receive the promise. You see, hope helps us look forward to the promises of God. Which are not always going to be happening in our timing. Amen. I wish they did, but I would desire that you would never lose hope. Here's some things that I found. True hope comes from God. He is the creator of all things, including hope. Hope can always be found. It is present in every situation. 
Hope is crying out to be heard, to be seen, and to be experienced. We can find rest when we confidently hope in the Lord. I'm going to light the hope candle this morning, but I wanted to read from Romans chapter 5. It says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. That promise of salvation, we've been given a down payment on that, on that future that we're hoping for through the Holy Spirit. And so I just pray that, no different than I'm lighting the hope candle, that God would light hope in your heart again, no matter where you're at in your walk. We are all going through something in life. And someone is going through what you went through yesterday, and you're going through something that someone went through yesterday as well. Or maybe going through something in the future. And I just pray that no matter what happens in your walk, that you never lose hope. Amen? Would have thought they'd let me have fire. There we go. So let's talk about hope this morning. I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, I bet you he was, he was having some conversations within his head, right? Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. I want to tell you, as a, as a young man reading this story, over Christmas break, I used, to, I used to try to read as much as I could from my parents' living, living Bible. Remember those? If you're from the 70s, you know what I'm talking about. Green-covered Bible. I loved reading that because it was just reading a story. It wasn't all the, the King James verbiage and all that stuff. And, and reading that story as a, as a young man, I was always amazed that Joseph just said, Okay. I mean, I, I would have a couple questions to ask. I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd, I'd want to, can you say that again? I'm a little confused. But, you know, because Advent means the coming, 
And if it's coming, that means someone is waiting. Waiting on something. Something amazing to happen. And this was the moment that God's creation had been waiting for. We read that that his creation is groaning, waiting for its own salvation. This was the moment that Mary and Joseph had been waiting for. This is what Christmas is all about. Taking the time to wait upon the Lord with expectation. We're going to talk about expectation today. It's a time of the year that we use expectation against our children. You know what I'm talking about if you have children. Because they're expecting great things on Christmas Day. And you would be surprised the things that we say to our children to get them to be good for 30 days before Christmas. Amen? They are the greatest children ever for 30 days. Because they don't want to lose any gifts. I'll take those back. Right? My dad... He told us he was going to take so many gifts back. I'll tell you what, I'm surprised I got any gifts. And we do that because there's that expectation. Even adults, as adults, we have expectations. What's under the tree? What are we we expecting? What have we asked for? What are we actually going to get? There's something amazing in waiting. As children, I remember getting our allowance for mowing the lawn or, or doing chores around the house and having to actually save for things. Remember those days before you got your first credit card and you could just out on the whim, hey, let's go get something, right? But there's something about saving. There's something about waiting and that expectation that comes from spending time Waiting for it. Now, if you're, if you're as old as I am, I'm sorry for you, and I'll pray for you later. But we used to always get the JCPenney and the Sears catalog. Uh, they don't even do catalogs. Now, now we get wine catalogs in the mail. I'm like, I don't even drink wine. Why do I get so many wine catalogs? And so we'd go through there, and we'd circle those things that we wanted, right? Uh, when I was a kid uh, and growing up in Southern California, of course, I was a Rams fan. And so we would always, uh, you know, be circling Helmets and jerseys and, you know, Dodger things and basketball things. And we never, I'd hand that magazine to my dad. I think my dad threw it away. I never got one thing out of that magazine. Not one dang thing. But nowadays we don't have to wait. Everything happens so fast now. But there's something amazing in waiting and when the fulfillment happens, there's just, it's just amazing thing happens within you. But, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to wait anymore. I found some acronyms for, for hope, and I wanted to share these this morning. It says, hold on to prayer every day. He offers peace eternally. Helping others prepare for eternity. Hold on, peace exists and have only positive expectations. I really like that. Because in waiting with hope, sometimes you can have not positive expectations, amen? In tough and uncertain times, it can be difficult to look beyond what's currently happening in your life 
and see the light at the end of the tunnel. Whether you're going through a big life change, a hard time for your family, a personal health concern, as you can tell, I, I haven't been feeling well this week. Uh, Kelly and I skipped Thanksgiving and the next day and kind of the next day as well. Keep Pastor Derek and Angie uh, in your prayers as well. They're, they're, I got this on Wednesday. They got it on Thursday-ish. So they're a couple days past me in this. I wasn't even sure if they were going to let them on the plane to go to Florida. Um, and so keep them in your prayers as well because uh, they're, they're uh, not as far along in this as I am. Um, you know, a hopeful state of mind can help you see a, a different challenge as an opportunity to grow in your faith. But you have to have hope to continue through the tough times. And it's when you lose hope that the struggle becomes real. That it becomes you trying to win the battle instead of allowing God to win the battle for you. Amen. Hope is an important ingredient in your walk of faith and sometimes that means waiting. In fact, hope is so important in our walk of faith that 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, faith hope, and love. It's like that threefold chord that's mentioned in Ecclesiastes. They all work together, and they're not easily broken. Kelly and I were watching a Western the other night because, and I've watched more TV in the last three days than I have in the last three years. Uh, and we were watching this TV show, this, this, uh, this movie on Grit, and if you don't watch shows on Grit, uh, they take one-hour movies and turn them into 18-hour extravaganzas. I know more about Social Security uh, the guys at Camp Lejeune and uh, car warranties that I've ever wanted to know in my life. And, but, one, but this Western we were watching, it was called The Professionals, and uh, each character had their own little, little thing that they could do. Uh, Lee, Lee Marvin was in there, and I can't remember some of the other, other actors, but this one actor, he was, he, was, he was the rope guy. And there's a scene where he's, he's got these three chords, and he's just so meticulous at putting them together slowly and yet precisely because he understood the Bible. Probably had never read it, but he understood the Bible where it says that a, that a threefold cord is not easily broken. And that's, I want to submit to you, is, is our faith, hope, and love verse in 1 Corinthians. That without hope as that ingredient, it's like trying to make your favorite recipe without that most important ingredient. Have you tried that before? It's, it's terrible. Everybody that's got to cook this week, uh, you know, you make sure you've got all your right ingredients in just the right measure. Kelly and I, uh, we, we joke about, uh, we've been cooking together for this December will be 34 years. Wow, that's a long time. That's a lot of food, too, you know. Uh, we've made a lot of, lot of fun things together. We love to cook together. We made the worst meal uh, Kelly already knows what meal this is. What meal this is? It was sweet and sour fish. It tasted worse than you just made it sound. Um, but you know, when you don't have the right ingredients for your dish or the right measurements, it doesn't turn out right. So I hope that you have the right amount of ingredients of faith. The right amount of ingredients of hope and the right amount of ingredients of love. 
The end of that verse says, but the most important of these is love. And yet the other two are just as important, amen? Because any, any recipe without the right ingredients will be a failure. Ask Kelly sometime about the bread she tried to break. Uh, she tried to bake. Uh, I could have used that as a brick in our backyard when I was building a fish tank once. So here's what happens with hope. You have to have hope while you wait. Otherwise, you lose hope and you don't reach the promise that God has for you. Lamentations 3.26 says, It's good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You see, sometimes while we're waiting, we try to get in the mix. We try to mix in something as an ingredient into the directions and it doesn't work out. We try to get too involved, amen? I'm not, a, I'm not sure about you, but I, I like getting involved. I'm not an A personality, but I can see it from where I stand from. And sometimes I try to get involved too much in God's plans, amen? Because God's not fast enough sometimes. And so I try to get in the mix. But I love that it says that we should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Here's what it says. Wait to remain inactive or in a state of repose. As until something expected happens to be available or in readiness. Now let me tell you how much I can't wait. When I get to red lights, I usually clean my car. I usually make phone calls. I usually Google. Red lights are just an opportunity to get work done. They're not an opportunity to sit there and not do anything. Give me a break. And yet, that's what waiting is. Waiting is to remain inactive in a state where you're waiting for God to do something amazing in expectation that he will. To be available and ready requires us to be consistent in our waiting, and that means we have to keep hope alive inside of us. We have to keep rekindling that fire of hope inside of us, allowing God to to keep it lit in us as he's working out those things in his will and in his ways and in his timing and not in our timing. His timing's perfect. It's not always fast, but his timing's perfect. You read through the Old Testament and you see prophets who talk about God's salvation happening in 30, 40, 50, 60 some years during captivity. You're like, wow. That seems like a long time to me, because it is. But they had to have patience. I just want to tell you, I think Joseph lost hope. You know what causes us to lose hope is fear. Fear that God's not going to come through. Fear that it's not going to be fast enough for us. Fear that it's going to happen not in our timing, but in God's timing. And let me tell you something, Joseph was fearful. I think when he got that news from Mary, he lost his mind. I think he was trying to work out all the math in his head. And he was at work in his carpenter shop going, okay, if I do this, then no, I can't do that. Okay, what if I did this? I mean, you've got to imagine, he was doing some math on this. You know, the Jewish nation was 
had been waiting on the Messiah. And Joseph was waiting on his bride. And now both were happening at the same time. That's what I call God's timing, amen? God's timing is not always our timing, but his timing is perfect. See, Joseph was hoping for a wedding. He was hoping to start a family of his own, but God had bigger plans. But finding Mary with child, as the verse says, must have just pulled hope from him. Why? Because he was ready to scrape the whole thing, get rid of, I'll put her away, it'll be good, I'll find someone else to get married to, we can, I can work this out, I can work this out. It's the worst thing you can ever say to yourself, church, is that you can work it out. See, have you ever been there? Big plans, big purposes, big pursuits, and then life happens. That's what happened to Joseph. But if we're going to live with an expectant hope in life, we have to, the second part is, we have to nurture hope. We have to allow hope to be growing inside of us. Allowing God to, to move us in his timing and move us to where he wants us to be at just the right time. You see, you have to give hope opportunities to grow in, inside of you. Not to douse it with unbelief, but to continue to allow it to grow so that God can, can do exactly what he desires to do in your life. Here's why. Because hope has many obstacles. Anybody run into any obstacles in your life? Don't answer that question. We all run into things. Why? Because the enemy is out to kill and steal and destroy. He doesn't want us to fulfill God's will and ways, his plans and purposes and pursuits in our life. So he's always out there trying to douse that, that light of hope that is within us. You see, when the, angel, when the angel came to Joseph, he was trying to work it out in his own head. How, how, can I, how can I work this out? How can I get this fixed? How can I do this within my own strength? Romans says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You see, that's where our hope is. Not hope in, the, in what the world's currently doing, which is craziness. I don't know if you watch the news. But hope that God is working it out. He wants to put that hope so deep down inside of you that nothing that happens around you can pull it out of you. You see, if I was, if I was Joseph, I would have said, okay, can you say that again? Because I think I missed you the first time. 
Notice they came and talked to him when he was sleeping because he was too busy during his work day to listen because he was trying to work it all out in his head. And I think they finally said, when he's sleeping, we'll get to him. When he's sleeping, we're going to speak into him. Words that he can hear, words that will change his life forever if he hears them. See, he had the opportunity to say no. No different than you have the opportunity to say no when God whispers something in your ear. Amen? I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, if I was Joseph, I would have I pulled a fleece. Anybody know what a fleece is? Anybody heard of a fleece before? You read about a fleece in, in Judges. One of my favorite characters, Gideon, he's told that he's going to lead out an army and they're going to have a, an amazing battle and he's going to win. And he says, hold on a second, God. Maybe you don't know me. I'm not, I'm not really a, a warrior. It's not really my thing. So here's what we're going to do, God. I'm going to put this fleece out, uh, out on the threshing floor. And I want the fleece wet, and I want all the ground around it dry. It's called the fleece. And the next morning he wakes up, God did it. And that's not good enough. So he says, okay, here's what I want tonight. I'm going to put the fleece out, I want the fleece dry, and then all the ground around it to be wet. I mean, you want to talk about pushing God's buttons, right? Right? And God does it again. I mean, I might have pulled, if I was Joseph, I might have pulled one of those. I mean, I, I really need to hear this again, God, because I must have missed what you said. You said, you said she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit? What did, what did you just say? But he says yes. He says yes to God's plan. And it works out. Because God understood that, that Joseph had a hope. And God wanted to fulfill that hope in his life. No different than God wants to fulfill the hope that's in your life. He wants to say yes to you. Will you say yes to him? You see, he wants to that hope that he's given you five years ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, however long ago, last week, he wants to fulfill that hope within you. He wants to say yes, but he needs you to say yes too. Amen. He needs you to say yes to him. Here's what number two is, because hope is vital to believe the impossible. What Joseph was asked to do was pretty impossible. Like I said, reading this as a, reading that story as a, I'm like, wow, that's an amazing story. What? I mean, you've got to be really good at to write stuff like that. I mean, that's amazing. You have to have hope to believe the impossible. And some of us need the impossible to happen in our life, amen? Some of us are at the, the threshold, and we need the impossible to happen in our life so that we can Take the next step. You see, God sparked hope back into Joseph. What are, you, what are you believing for? What are you hoping for? What do you need God to, to re, re-spark and rekindle inside of you so that you can have hope this Advent season? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. An assurance about what we do not see. 
You see, hope comes first. And then faith seals it in an, assur- in an assurance that God is working out all things for good for those that are called by him, that are loved by him. And it's always, I mean, you don't need faith for something that you can see, let's be honest. But you've got to have hope and faith and confidence and assurance in something that you cannot see. Because as Paul writes, once you see it, what do you need hope for? Doesn't make sense, right? Hope always comes first. And then faith. I mean, you've got to imagine the Old Testament saints that are mentioned in Hebrews. The way they lived their life, always hoping for something in the future. Always holding on with everything that they have. Hoping that someday that Messiah would come and, and here he is. Romans says, and all, these things, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us that we should not be made perfect apart from them. Though they didn't receive the, par- the, the promise, we're still being made perfect along with them. Because though they didn't receive the promise, they still walked it out in faith and in hope. See, you've got to believe that God can do the impossible in your life. You have to have that hope that God can do something amazing in your life. Because in the trials and the tribulations that we go through day in and day out, it's only God that can help us. Your job can't. Your bank account can't. My 401, I lost the K somewhere. The economy's gone up and down. The world promises hope, but it's fleeting at best. It comes and it goes. It's got highs that are high, and it's got lows that are low. Amen? When your hope is in that in that situation, I saw people out shopping this weekend, Black Friday. I mean, and you could tell they were, they were looking for something. It wasn't the next great deal. They're out looking for hope. They're out looking for something that'll, that'll sustain them. But the world can never give you hope. Oh, there's fleeting glances of it here and there. But true hope can only come through Christ. That is why he is not just the end of Advent. He is Advent. I mean, we've put out our banners and we're going to go through each of these over the next few weeks. But let me assure you, it starts and ends with Christ. He is our hope. He has our peace. He has our joy. He has our love. The Advent season is Christ. Period. The last thing is because hope empowers me to do what God asks of me. You see, God has asked us 
to do something amazing for him. I don't know what that is in your life. It's different in your life than it is in mine. But hope will empower you to do that. Why? Because it allows you to step out in faith where you're like, I don't really know if I can do that, God. I mean, that's asking a lot. Have hope. Step out there. Allow God to use you in a way that that he desires to use you, in a, in a, a way that you deserve to be used, in a calling that you're like, wow, this is too big for me, perfect, then that means God needs to get involved. I want to do something that's so amazing, it scares you. Because when it does, that means God, you need God. Because if you can do it in your own strength, you don't need God. I mean, let's be honest. Hey, I can, God, I got this. Psh, no problems, no issues. This is easy. This is gravy. But when you believe God for something amazing, when God calls you to do something that's so much bigger than yourself, that's when you need God to get involved. And that's when true, true, amazing things happen. You know, when Joseph was aroused from sleep, I think he was, he was concerned when he heard what he heard. But it says, he did as the angel commanded and he took Mary as his wife. And I think that took faith. Faith to believe, wow, did I really hear this or did I just eat too many matzo balls last night? Maybe I had too much pizza and I'm, I'm hearing things. I don't know. But he had the faith to to do what God called him to do. Here's what Romans 4.18 says. When there was nothing left to hope for, Abraham still hoped and believed. See, Abraham had nothing to hang his hat on. He had nothing left to hope for. I mean, imagine getting the promise from God that he had gotten and waiting 25 years for it to come to pass. I mean, that's a long time to hope. It says that he still hoped and believed. As a result, he became father of many nations. As we are told, this is how many descendants you will have. What have you been hoping for? What have you been praying for? What have you been waiting for in great expectations? Waiting is tough. And yet when the fulfillment comes, wow, the wait, it didn't seem long at all. And that's what Abraham had to deal with. 25 years of waiting, 25 years of hoping and growing older, waiting for God to fulfill the promise that he had given him. When he had nothing to hope for, he still hoped. Why? Because God kept that kindled, that fire lit in him of hope. See, hope keeps me obedient while I wait on the promise to catch up.
Hope keeps you right where God needs you to be, expecting the fulfillment of the promises that he's given to you so that when it happens, you're like, oh, that didn't seem like it took long at all. But you've got to be obedient to the call. You have to be obedient while you're waiting in hope. So I say again, I pray you never lose hope. That you always keep hope kindled within you. Even a little flickering flame of hope so that as we go through the trials and tribulations of this life and the promise seems so far off that you'll always be expecting for it to happen. Here's what Psalm 16.9 says. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Can you rest in the hope of Advent? Rest in the hope that God is working out those things in your life, though you do not see them today. Can you just rest in them? Knowing that that He's working it out behind the scenes, that He's worked it out. That at the end of the book, we win. I got to watch some college football over the last couple days. And uh, what if your team was down, man, CU was down 45 to nothing at half. What if you, you're down 45 to nothing and your coach says, don't worry, we win. I mean, what? Well, that's what God says. No matter where you're at, no matter where you're at, God says we win. Have hope. Believe that I'm making it happen in your life. Psalms 39.7 says, And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. We can put our hope in a lot of things, but we must only hope in the Lord. Darcy, will you come up? You see, the offer, the world offers hopes in schemes and in maneuverings. I've had my hopes dashed a couple times. Maybe you have as well. But it's because my hopes were in the world and not in the things that God was trying to to get into me. Maybe your hopes have been dashed emotionally, physically, financially. This world's hopes hope that this world gives just just doesn't last. Not like the hope that we have in God. That no matter where you're at in your walk, no matter what you're currently going through, that God is working out those things. Keep that hope inside of you. Be expecting God to do amazing and unbelievable things. We stand this morning.
Heavenly Father, thank you for the hope that we have in you. The hope of your your love and your grace and your mercy. Father God, that without hope, we can't take one more step. We can't believe for one more thing. We can't believe for the impossible, Father, without the hope that you put deep down inside of us. Will you keep that hope during this Advent season re just kindled turn it into a huge flame so that we can share that hope with those around us that are struggling Father God there are so many around us in, in what Pastor Derek calls our, our oikos, that, that sphere of influence around us that need to hear about hope. Will you allow hope to overflow in us? So as we go through this Advent season, those that are looking for hope to those that need to hear about your hope a hope that comes from everlasting to everlasting hope that started in the Old Testament that ran through the the law and the prophets hope that we see in the in the Psalms a hope that we see in the in the Gospels a hope that we see through the epistles Father God that you want us to have hope so that we can believe in you for amazing unbelievable things to happen in our lives Keep that flame of hope lit within us, Father, and never allow us to quench that. Father God, next week is as we talk about Advent peace. We just begin to bring peace into those that are here today, those that are that are at home not feeling well, Father God, and those that are traveling, we pray for traveling mercies for those that are out on the roads today that are flying back this weekend. 
Thank you for your hedge of protection around them. Father God, for those that are, that are ill this weekend, Father God, we just pray that you touch them from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, Father God. That your word declares that healing is a children's bread. We thank you, Father. Father God, we, we just thank you for this Advent season. Thank you that we can share with churches all around the world. Learning and speaking about hope and peace and joy. Love in Christ. That at no, no greater time that you're knitting all the different churches throughout the world. That be, be separated by, by mileage that you're knitting them together in Christ during this Advent season. Father God, we love you and we worship you. We thank you for sending your Son. Thank you for giving us the strength to wait on you. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, amen. Uh, no youth this evening, uh, in case you did not hear that. No youth this evening. Have a great, great rest of your afternoon and your week. Uh, be blessed. In Jesus' name.